Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast. Once again, episode 161. And this week we have three interviews. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I meant to have two. It turned into three. That's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, Christina D'Amico joining us for her second time uh, talking about Dance with Utica coming up July 27th, 29th. Uh, returning friend Mark Simon, new marketing coordinator for the Utica Zoo, joining us to talk about Brewfest coming on coming up on August 4th, and then Justin Parkinson, Maiden Utica, coming to talk about Downtown Get Down, uh, the Container Park, Handshake City, all the good stuff, all that and more. Heather, Kevin, me, episode 161. We're happy to have you here. Oh, yes. That's my week every week. It's been a good week, but a weird week, but a good week for 161 weeks. Welcome back, folks, to Uticast. Episode 161. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, nice to see everybody again. Um, Three-part interview this week? Yeah, what do you got? You just got like 100 interviews. Okay. It was smart, though, because it's hot in here. So the last time we have to spend in here together, yeah. we're just trekking them with all the interviews. Well, I had two interviews initially, right? Because they were both shorter interviews. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just put these together as like a, the 40-minute interview. And then Justin from Aiden Utica has been doing a lot of, you know, stuff with uh, Downtown Get Down this week as well. Uh, so he came on and did 10 minutes. And then we also accidentally did seven to eight minutes of HBO conversation about the oh, HBO shows. Yeah. So that went long. Yeah. Uh, but this week, uh, Christina D'Amico of Dance with Utica is here for her second time, and returning guest Mark Simon in his new position as marketing coordinator at Utica Zoo. Both joining us this week. Uh, very exciting week. It's nice to talk to everybody. Uh, but for now, I'm talking to you guys, and we were talking about gin and tonics. We were. <laughs> we were. I wish we had some gin. I, don't know, I would like to give it a shot Whatever again. Gin. I can't believe you've never had, like, only, only on, once in your life. Only once on an airplane, and I didn't really like it. I feel like it's one of those things mm. that people just try when they're young because they know the name of it. You no. know what I mean? That's how I started drinking. When I was younger, <laughs> like, before I switched to whiskey yeah. as my go-to, like, liquor of choice, if I was drinking liquor, it used to be gin and tonics. Yeah, I want you to make them next time. I had a, a tangeray period where I was doing, like, if I had, like, oh. give me a tangeray tonic, right? You go to the bar. <laughs> I was, like, the whiskey sour girl. I, I like whiskey drinking. sour. Like, I have whiskey sour. I don't even really care for the sour. sour. I do not care for amaretto. Yeah, I wanted mm. either. No. Like, that's why I'd always, that was my signature drink when I turned 21. Did you, uh, have you guys ever had a dark and stormy? Yeah. Dark and oh, stormy yeah. is pretty good. Dark and stormy is nice. That's, uh, Gosling's rum and Gosling's ginger beer. Is yeah, so yeah. Birch beer, maybe? Birch beer. Tried it. That sounds good. That was very hot in, in Bed-Stuy for like three weeks. Every bar was serving the dark and stormy. Remember when we were young, we all used to go out dancing on the weekends, yes. and we would all drink Tom Collins. Tom Collins, that's right. Oh, we, yeah. would go, we would go to Space 26 and order Tom Space Collins. Tom Collins is like a, it's a tall, it's like a tall highball glass, and it's like a lemony sour ginger. Oh, I would love it. It's that. almost like a gin lemonade kind of in it. a way. Yeah. Yeah, they were really nice. And it was funny because just everybody out of nowhere, it was like the summer of Tom Collins. Shout out. And then never go back. <laughs> Shout out to the greatest G- GFOP of all, the lady who introduced me to the Tom Collins, Nancy Sardina Goldstein Stryker. 
one of the greatest women in UVA history. Look her up. She's a legend. Striker. What an addition to such a great name in the first place. <laughs> I had to throw all Which the names. She's already names. got an excellent name. <laughs> and you just toss that right at the end. Uh, yeah, so welcome back. Uh, Heather, uh, I saw on Twitter that you are up on the bunny archive looking at pictures of bunnies. Which is, everything's been depressing lately. So, so I saw someone retweet <laughs> pictures of bunnies and I went on and I, friended, I followed them on Instagram. I mean, on Twitter. Do you have thoughts about people who keep rabbits as pets? I have a few friends who are doing this recently, and I'm, I don't know if it's a trend or if people do this in general. What do you think about rabbits as pets? I think people have been doing it for a while. Um, it depends on how they're treated. If they're, like, in a nice space or they keep them enclosed in a small cage. I mean, it all depends on... Are rabbits friendly? Some like people, a cat? I don't know. I... Probably not all the way like a cat. Like, I see some people got rabbits that, like, sit on their lap and, like, animals that yeah. can be pet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It depends on if you get them from when they're little and that's what they grow into. Right. And then if you get one who's been around for a while and they're probably not going to be happy. My take on rabbits is, like, I support people. You should have pets. And I love animals. I like to be around animals, all that stuff. But I look at something like rabbits for pets and I'm just like, for what? Like, why? Get a cat. Get a small, fluffy dog. Just what do you, what's a rabbit? What extra are we getting from the rabbit living in the house? Like, let the rabbits live in they the yard. They just want to take pictures of it and put it on Instagram. That That's what everybody wants to do with everything. Hashtag, I have a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. If you can do something like that, then you should get a sugar glider. Oh, yeah. yeah My friend had three of those. Sugar, glider. sugar gliders. Sugar gliders. You hear them moving around the cage all night. <laughs> That's why, yeah, any sort That's of rodent. Thing. Why yeah. do you want that? You can't play with it until nighttime. Uh, I might offend some people out here, and I might get some <laughs> flack on Twitter for this, but do you trust anybody who owns a ferret? Is yeah, it? I've known, yeah, I've known some people who have ferrets that I would trust. Ferret owners, come talk to me. I feel like <laughs> ferret owners pitch me, pitch me on ferrets. I feel like well, I'm they not. They smell. They smell so yeah. bad. Whoa. That's what I always hear as the they trick smell. too. It's like a furry snake. It's a rat snake. Yeah. It's a rat snake. Weird. I'm sorry if I offended. Yeah, I'm gonna get flagged for that one too. I bet. All right, uh, Kevin, you Yo. going? You going out of town this weekend? I think I am. Yeah, I think I may be going to Boston this weekend. Nice, Boston. Um, there's a lot of things in Boston. There's all sorts of great things. They got whales. They got the aquarium. They also do happen to contain um, English rock and roll band Radiohead mm. oh. for two nights at the TV Garden. So it looks like that oh, might nice. be uh, happening, which I'm really excited about. It's nice when things happen a little bit by surprise. I like I like Boston. We were only there once when we were younger. We went to Alston, right? Which I guess isn't we even... stayed in Alston for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I enjoyed our time out there. It was oh, yeah. pretty cool. I've been to Boston a few times. I like, every time I go there, I go for like an event. So I've never really been to like hang out. I go for an event or like a purpose or something like that. So my problem with Boston at this point in time in my life <laughs> is if I'm going all the way to Boston, I need to do myself the favor of just going to Northampton and visiting GFOP Dan Adesado instead. That's my big problem. Or it's you true. Should, you'll call Dano and see if he wants to meet you to see Radiohead. He might be into it. I don't know if he likes Radiohead. That's true. You never know what Dan <laughs> You never know. It's 50-50. Uh, so, alright, let me, let me knock through this. I've been sort of like a like a, a nomad for the last week and a half. I was camping last weekend with my family. All over Route 12. All over Route 12. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I came back to work this week and then Tuesday after work I drove back up to Eagle Bay on Tuesday night. Uh-huh. And then instead of staying the night I drove back <laughs> <laughs> like eleven, like right near my camp. That's the smart. That's the smart way to go. I know. I feel. You don't I feel good stay about over up on some pullout couch up there when it's an hour home. It's like eleven o'clock at night. Just you're an home. adult. Yeah, like you're fine. It was fine. It was, you're an adult, but you're not old. My mistake was that even though I got home at like twelve thirty, I watched like two hours of television afterwards. So I still stayed up really right. late, which is a mistake. Uh, anyhow, I went to work for the rest of the week, and then at the end of the week, I accompanied uh, twenty-seven or twenty-six of our our students. I hope it's. The right number. I didn't mean to leave anybody there. Um, but we went up to Owl's Head, New York. 
uh, way past Tupper Lake, if anyone's ever been up there. It's like four, four and a half hours up north to a campsite up there, and we had a really cool time. Uh, they had, like, high ropes. You ever go to, like, one of these high ropes places? Mm-hmm. The, the ropes course. Yeah, ropes yeah they had the ropes yeah. course. I'm not a great heights guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I did do the one where, like, the... the the, the students will run, they have you on a rope, yeah. and you get pulled up into yeah. the sky, and that's uh, that was pretty dope. Uh, what had happened, though, was that I was goofing around with one of my coworkers who was a football player, and we were kicking field goals, right? He's like, let me see if you guys... Because I used to kick in, like, middle school and high school. I was like, I think I still remember how to kick a field goal, right? I still got the boot. I still got the boot, right? Team me up. Yeah, team me up, bro. Do it. Uh, shout out to my boy. Uh, so <laughs> he tees me up, and I'm taking a couple kicks, and they're doing okay, right? So I take one, and my left foot goes out from under me. Because I'm just wearing sneakers. I'm on, like, a dewy... It's, like, 8 o'clock in the morning on, like, a big dewy field, right? I'm just wearing, like, Vans, right? I'm not... I'm not. So my left foot goes out from under me, and I go down on my leg and ass. And I bruise my tailbone, <laughs> and I pull my hamstring. So <laughs> it's Saturday morning, and now I got to, like... You have the whole day up. <laughs> yeah, whole day sure do. of facilitating, like, kids going on the high ropes. And they're like, why aren't you doing it? I'm like, I can barely walk. Uh... <laughs> So, I suffered through it a little bit, but it was a great time. We did all sorts of, like, camping stuff, big campfire things. It was fun. fun. It was fun. It was a four-hour drive home with high school girls listening to the music they wanted to listen to for four hours. So, that was a thing that happened. Um, You know? But you learned a lot. I did. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of these cool bands out there, apparently, that I've never heard of. Uh, you know, you guys will really appreciate this. I can't think of the artist's name now. It was a really bland name. It was like Anne Marie or something, right? And she had this song, and the song was talking about the music she listened to in 2002. And the lyrics would reference all these, like, Nelly and Backstreet Boy and NSYNC songs. And the kids had no idea. I'm like, do you understand what's saying going on in this song? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, that's a Britney Spears lyric. That's a Nelly song. Like, the song was like, if you want to come and take a ride with me. I was like, that's a, a song that exists already, Right. Uh, it's, you're it was, that guy. You're that. <laughs> I mean, I do the best I can to try and make these kids laugh. You know. Uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then <laughs> I got home. I'm gonna just say I'm gonna, I love my family. They're wonderful people. They're great. They're the best people in the world. I got home. I was home for 40 minutes. My family's like, "Do you want to come see Jurassic World, a movie which they know I've already seen?" <laughs> An hour after I get home. And I, of course I said yes, because how could I say no? But I was like, well, I've been home for 40 minutes, might trounce my way up to fall asleep during this two and a half hour movie. Second time through, it's still okay. It's still fine. Uh, yeah, so that's why I've been sort of all over the place. Uh, we haven't had a lot of time to put the show together this week, so that's why all the interviews. Do you guys want to do any real news? I have some stuff if you want to talk about it. I don't really want to talk about the Missouri duck boat thing, but that's like no, a big that. story. No, that was tragic. That was so tragic. I think everyone knows that. <laughs> well, the only thing is, have you read the thing about like they didn't give the passengers lifeboats? Like they just didn't our life like preservers. They just didn't bring that. them on board. That's like a that. thing they're saying. Yeah, of course they probably don't. If you're okay, and I'm just saying we've been on a lot of boats up yeah. north. We rented boats. They sort of force you to take all this stuff. You have but, to take it, right? You no, know, yeah, because I was on the boat Amir Lake. And they offer rides, and they don't offer life preservers really? to the kids or anything. I'm yeah. Like, and we it's never just really, a little tour boat. I mean, yeah, because you think about, you know, 
even even like times that we've been up, we've been hanging out on boats. We don't if if there's any life preservers on board, there'll be like a couple like wakeboard jackets for wakeboarding. Yeah, and there might be a couple orange things jammed down under a seat somewhere, but mm. like nobody's going out prepared for that because these things just don't sink that yeah. often. Even on one by Niagara Falls, they don't offer you life coats. That one be mm-hmm. the one I'd be scared the most to tip over. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and not to you know compare what happened, but you know, Kev, we were in like a sort of a scary boat situation a couple years back. We were on a in a yeah. speedboat in a thunderstorm, and we were like pretty dark about it at the time. We're like, this is not good. It was horrible. It was horrible. No, it's scary to be out in the water. I can't imagine these people that are like, you see like the crab fishermen, whoever these guys are, out on these little tiny fishing boats where it's like, oh yeah, 30 foot seas for a week, I'm just hanging out. Hopefully nobody gets blown overboard. You put a lot of faith in like these devices that you have no guarantee are going to work. It's like you go to a theme park and you like you look at the ride, you're like, you know, I assume that this is all safe because they say it's safe and they say somebody checked it, but there's like, what's the guarantee, right? You know? Do you feel like as you get older, you think yes. about that more now? Yes. I'm like, I don't know if it's I'm going to go on a roller coaster anymore. <laughs> I still like roller coasters, but when I go on like rides at like fairs, like the yeah. pop-up fairs, like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. the church fairs. I'm like, they put this thing up overnight. <laughs> Who put this up overnight, right? <laughs> Was it the guy who's operating it right now? Because if it is, I got to talk to him. Let's see what's up. When's the last time you oiled this device, my friend? When's the last time you checked What the- kind of oil does this even take? <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Because I what don't. Is yeah. Uh, like I, I, okay, so we were, we were in uh, Ogunquit last summer with my family, and we went to sort of a Sylvan Beachy type atmosphere. It was a little more condensed, a few more rides, a little... I mean this in a good way. A little grimier, a little more like Coney Island style. Than Sylvan Beach. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, very much like Sylvan Beach. Uh, but uh, you know, there was a ride my nephew wanted to go on, and it was a ride that in my years as a young man I liked, and I was like, yeah, let's do it, man. And I was on, and I was like, wow, this is I really am getting old. I'm like, this my stomach hurts. It's <laughs> like I'm I might be woozy after. What kind of ride was it? Okay, it was sort of like a scrambler. You know those scramblers? Yeah. They spin around and also spin in smaller circles mm-hmm. as they go around. It was like that, but it was elevated, right? Oh, it was no. like one of those in the air. Did it turn on the side? Oh, yes. yes. I know what you're Yeah, yeah, it's like, like diagonal. I think it's called like a scrambler. No, the scrambler's the one that stays low. Oh. The scrambler doesn't turn. Mm-mm. It was bad. My nephew liked it, so, you know, you do what you do for the kids. But uh, he's like, do you want to do it again? I was like, not right now <laughs> I'm gonna eat a funnel cake oh, and maybe a vertigo <laughs> uh, yeah uh, so I'm glad we got there from the other place it's less depressing uh, speaking of less depressing I guess maybe we'll skip any so there's a lot of Trump stuff this week no I let's want... skip it yeah. let's, let's skip it all maybe it's, like like, it's the same uh, it's the same garbage every week mm. it's just a new a new oh. piece of garbage every week he's redesigning Air Force One somehow that's the most okay. offensive thing <laughs> Really, so, you're going. He's going to paint it gold. <laughs> it's gold, yeah. His uh, picture's going to be on everything. And I, I, do have, I do have one I'm done with this guy for the week. Uh, have you guys heard about the hard screen guy? He's the new... Remember all these people who've been calling who've been calling the cops on people who are different color than them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a new one. It was a guy at a pickup basketball game who called the police after a hard screen was committed against him during the game. It's like a foul. Like you get yeah, like a foul. foul during people the don't game. watch basketball. <laughs> yeah, uh, he got up, told everyone he was going to call the police, and walked out, leaving everyone in the gym confused. Everyone thought he was joking until the, the police, police showed up. Stop it. To their credit, the police were very annoyed. <laughs> they sure had, they had to come out to the scene. It makes me laugh because it's one of those situations where you feel like this guy, like you get up and you just say some crazy stuff, right? Like you're so mad because you because you've been made to, you've been made to look a fool in public. You're like, oh yeah, well I'm gonna call the police, and then you storm out. And once you've stormed out, you're like, shit. <laughs> <What> <laughs> you're like, I, well, I gotta call him out. I don't know what I'm gonna, gonna do. Show. 
Uh, all right, so yeah, that's fine. That's Ooh. pretty good. Uh, all right, let's get to this week's, well, the first of three interviews this week. Uh, going on this week, she came over for a second time, July 27th to 29th. She's doing Dance with Utica. Go to dancewithutica.com to check it out. Newest member, two-timers club, Christina D'Amico. Back to the show just a moment. the official starting point. Thank you for coming back. I appreciate it. My schedule is very crummy this week, so I hope I didn't put you out too much to come over. Not at all. Uh, let me see here. I, okay, so Justin Parkinson, who uh, told me you were coming over today. Yep. He yelled at me last night. Surprise. <laughs> well, he yelled at me last night because I was going to bed. It was late, and I was like, oh, I'm meeting with uh, Christine tomorrow. I know that's not your name. I know your name is Christina, but I said Christine, and he freaked out on me. <laughs> And he's like, don't do that to her when she gets here. Don't call her Christine because you think that you're a jerk. I'm like, I know. I write Parkinson. Relax. So many people do just cut off the, cut off the A. Well, you know what it is? I think it's because you have an Italian last name. Something about it makes you want to not add the A to the A. I've, I've thought about it now. Yeah, yeah I thought. <laughs> my last name, No one, everyone screws up my last name. It's Familaro, and it's you know Italian spelling. But there's a million different ways you could do it. So the only way I can ever get people to remember how it's spelled is to tell them the vowels. I'm like, yeah, the vowels go A-O-A-O. And I just tell people to think, like, oh. F-A-M-O-L-A-R-O. So I tell people, just think of, like, Tony Danza. Like, A-O, A-O. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they, they're like, wow, that's really dumb. Uh, Christina D'Amico, welcome back Thank to you the show. Much. You have multiple titles, according to your Facebook page. You are a coach at OB uh, Training Sports. You are a nutritionologist for Enhanced for Dance. But we're talking primarily today about... Dance Feudica. Yes. And that's going on July 27th through the 29th. Three days this year. And that's uh, 171 Genesee Street Correct. is your location. Um, this is your second year doing this? Yep. So how are you feeling a year on? I think last time you were here was was probably last year talking about this. Yeah, probably around the same time. Mm-hmm. How did your first year go? What did you feel like your... Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> so, you feel really good. so you're feeling good about, about year two then? I don't know that you can ever feel good about Right? Like, I'm still like... Crapping my pants. We come across this every year with like making you do stuff. Like this is the third downtown get down coming up, and yep. we're sort of the same thing. We're like, it's, it's always good, but like, but you never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it I, I will not have the feeling that I'm going to throw up. <laughs> stop until the 28th, 29th, right? Day's what would, done. What would you say your stress level's at right now on a one to ten scale? At this very moment. At in this time? very moment. I'm okay right now. I'm at like. Like a six. <laughs> That's okay. I like how you're like, yeah, above average is pretty good for me six right now. Six right now. If you ask me in a couple hours, it's probably like 11. <laughs> Later on, maybe a one. So, you know, what would you say your title is for dance? Are you the chairman? Are you the boss? Are you the coach? Event coordinator. Event coordinator. So everyone's going through you probably. You're probably making a million phone calls a day right now. I mean, I it's it's me. And uh, one of my girlfriends that's from Holland Patton, mm -hmm. but lives in Rochester. 
Okay, all right. She's helping me out with a little bit of like some marketing stuff and contacting people. Um, the distance can be a little bit difficult at times. Mm-hmm. So trying to do anything like that physically has to happen here. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's me. What would you say has been the uh, the most uh, the most challenging part of event coordination for this project? Name something. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is just really trying to when people see the words you know dance with Utica. If you're mm. not a dancer, they automatically shut right. down and like, right. oh, yeah, I'm not gonna bother looking at it. <laughs> yeah, this is not for me, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's been the biggest difficulty is getting it across to people that you don't have to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a community event. There are yoga, Pilates, fitness classes that you can take that yeah. don't require dance experience. There are classes that are dance classes, but mm-hmm. again, like it's like East Coast Swing, Samba, Bachata, mm-hmm. Flamenco. Like even I've never taken that. I'm a dancer, <laughs> so I'm still going to have difficulty with that class. Right? I was going to ask you about that. As a dancer, I was thinking, is there anything you've never gotten to yet that you'd still like to try? Like, oh, tons. Yeah, tons of stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, even like... Some people, most people have like their own dance genres. You know, like I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a ballerina, or I'm a modern dancer, or I'm a hip hop dancer. So taking a ballerina and putting them in a modern class, mm. that's super challenging. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You know, so this difficulty uh, genres that dancers even have mm-hmm. trouble doing. What were your styles for say? Just so people know. Do you have any particular dance styles of choice you like? I love modern. Modern. Dance. I grew up doing yeah. ballet in the area, and then went to college. Mm-hmm. And I went to college. It was mm-hmm. a modern based program. Ballet is always interesting because, uh, for me at least, as a as a guy who watches pro wrestling, because a lot of professional wrestlers talk about like ballet training because of the coordination and the ability to like like core strength and things like totally. that. Which I think five people don't always relate to the idea of ballet dancing when they think Ooh, about football. it. Football, a lot of football players take ballet. a lot of football players. Yeah, a lot of athletes in general do it. Um, I I can't imagine. I'm the most uncoordinated person who's ever existed. I feel like that. Is there a class that just teaches you to be more coordinated? Is that... <laughs> it should be, right? Like, basic stand on one ba- foot. Yeah, basic walking <laughs> without falling over. We can add that in. Now, see, see if I can get myself, like, a teaching class in here. I'll work on it. So you got 40 classes this year. you got 30-plus teachers. you got two large performances, two main performances this Correct. year. yep. Uh, is that lar- is that more than you did last year? Have you expanded outward or have you sort of condensed it down? Uh, no, everything's been expanded. Expanding last year, out. the event itself was two days. Now it's three days. Um, we had one performance last year that was standing room only. Mm-hmm. And you know now we opened up. Okay, well, let's try to get more people in. It's in two days. Mm-hmm. Uh Website is dances with dance with Utica. I want to say dances like it's the movie Dances with Wolves. <laughs> I keep doing that. Dance with Utica dot com. Um, is it like a ticket price thing? Like what's the uh, yeah. You can do drop-in. Okay. You can nice. do one day, two day, or three day passes. Okay. So whatever. Some people are just like, oh, I just want to pick and choose these couple classes. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to attend all the days, mm-hmm. you can do that. And do the passes cover the whole class? Like if you buy a three day pass, can you just go to pick and choose whatever classes Correct. you want? To? Okay, that's yeah. really nice actually. Yeah. Some yeah. people are confused about how like it's structured. So sure. think of it like um, think of it like you're going to a conference. In conference. Right. Yeah, so yeah. at a conference, you know, at nine a.m. Pick a session. You have you have mm-hmm. three sessions. Pick one. Yeah. Hour and a half. You have three sessions. Pick one. You have mm-hmm. your lunch break. So you you can create it's like a menu. Oh, I want this. I want that. I want huh. that. And you can Very create nice. your own schedule that way. Uh, is there any particular like sort of like I know this is a weird question, but like age range? Because you're doing like kids stuff as well. You're doing mostly adult stuff, or so you have to be 13 years or older to attend. Sure. Very we were good. all over the map. I mean. This area in itself, dance-wise, it's it's heavier, like a younger population. Sure. So we were definitely heavier in like the 13 to 18 range. But we right. had people, I think the oldest person last year was like 65. Mm, very nice. But my goal with it is to, at least with this specific Dance with Utica Festival, is to, to gear a little more towards the older population. Right. So me, for example, I'm 30 years old and I still want to dance, but 
There's no place to do it here. Right. So people go out of the city or go to New York City or go to Rochester and they're going elsewhere to find classes to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to tap into that age range of people that you know, still want to dance, have danced, whatever it is, and be able to do that. And I have to say, I went scrolling through the Facebook page uh, before you came in here trying to get uh, a little bit of an idea of what was going on. You had really brought in a lot of people, and I, I don't know as many names as the dance people in the dance community as I probably should. But Well, and some people, they the I'm trying to get a mixture of locals and still bringing in mm-hmm. some other, you know, outside, outside people. Um, so some of the people in this area don't even know who the... Outside people coming in are. <laughs> well, that's all right. A lot of people in this neighborhood don't know what a podcast is, so when they ask me what I do for a living, I go after. It's like the radio, but whenever you want. Just had a conversation <laughs> yesterday with someone. Uh, so, again, dancewithutica.com if you want to go check that out. Um, i got to ask you a question, and one of the things I probably was thinking about when I was looking through the website, uh, you know, you have all these people coming in to do it. You have people locally, you have people from out of state. I would imagine that when you are, especially for the younger classes, right, there's probably a moment where there's, like, someone who you really latch on to, someone who, like, sort of sparks your interest. And as, you know, as someone in their early 30s, like yourself, was there any moment, was there any teacher or mentor for you, Life, who sort of really got you excited for dancing? Yeah. Um, it was definitely in college. Mm-hmm. Never necessarily, like, a specific instructor, I guess sure. I'd have to say, but more just, like, a culmination of, like, the theory and the thought process of it Hmm. that really it was actually like my senior year of college to be very specific where I was like everything clicked yeah finally and I was like oh (laughs) I get it (laughs) like so it was definitely it took a while and I kind of want to bring like that thought process into Mm -hmm. this area earlier than they're normally going to get it well, I think sometimes uh, I think sometimes people get nerved out. I always think about this with music, because right? I played music growing up, right? Like the level of entry sometimes scares people. People don't like to be bad at something initially, right? It's something, it's something I noticed with my students in school, right? If they're not immediately into it or sort of good at it, they immediately write it off, right? And I yeah. think that there's you have to sort of be willing to fight your way through the learning process to really understand a lot of both creative arts like this. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's not, some of the stuff doesn't come mm-hmm. natural or it takes a little bit to be like, what are you, like, what are you trying to get me to do? What am I? And mm-hmm. even people got, got going off that a little bit. I was talking to two people yesterday who were interested in it but were too nervous of sticking out or failing oh, or like, oh, I haven't danced in a while so I'm not going to be able to <laughs> kick my leg to my head. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's the point of this festival is to like, the guard is down. There's no judgment. It's not a competition. Like, just come celebrate and have fun. That was a little bit of a tangent of what you just said. No, it's true. Like, I swear, I've, I've, we had to do an event um, earlier this year where we had uh, a couple kids at these conferences, right? So one night for the, the kids who were there, like 70 kids right there from different schools all over the state. And they're like, oh, let's have, like, uh, we have, like, some DJs coming. There's, like, a little dance floor. So we had, like, a little dance party for the kids. And obviously they're not doing any, like, you know, ballet dancing or anything. But none of them even, like, would, like, care. Try. They wouldn't even try. And I was like, man, it, I guess it made sense. Because it wasn't until my, like, mid-20s when I would be willing to go to, like, a club and, like, not just stand there. You have to, like, learn a certain level of not caring what people think. I'm like, I don't care if this guy thinks I'm an idiot. Right. I'm going to dance anyway, right? Like that, it doesn't happen until you get so much older. It doesn't. You know, and where you're just like, oh, I don't care. You can mm-hmm. say what you want or whatever, but... No, and it's true. I think that's casual dancing. I assume with like with something at early age, like you, I feel like you can't pick up ballet after a certain age, right? If you're in your like late forties, I feel like it's a lot harder to pick up ballet than if you're thirteen, right? Do you know what I mean? Just these, I feel like it's not the same. 
Yeah, I mean, you're definitely... Well, I mean, you just... probably learn the concepts faster, though. Because you're old enough to understand it more. I don't know. It's like... Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, could, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, physicality of it, yeah, like, you're yeah. just more, like, mm-hmm. literally more supple and mm-hmm. mobile when you're younger. Right, right. So, right. Like... How old were you when you started dancing? Three. Oh, so you were very, very young. All right. right. Did your parents dance? Did you have, like, sisters? or Mm-mm. No. No. Well, yeah, interesting. The first thing I ever knew about dancing was my sister used to play the Paula Abdul music video, Cold Hearted Snake, and she used to make me do interpretive dance for it. That was Interpretive our... dance! We have a no. class. Interpretive <laughs> dance you can attend. Uh, you know what, actually, it's funny. I, I, mean, I wrote this down. I want to get back to it. I saw something on here that seemed very scary to me, but... Uh, on yours, it was the improv dancing. That's the interpretive. Is that was it? Class. So what's that? How does that like? Is that people just come in from all sorts of backgrounds and you can. What's really cool about that is so Cat Wright is is um, organizing that class and yeah, yeah. and um, I'm not quite sure exactly how she's gonna do it, but the way that I've taken improv classes <laughs> before is sometimes they'll give you like an image mm-hmm. or um, maybe like adjectives or something, and you or or just maybe putting on music and literally, I just want you to. It does. It doesn't matter how you want to refer to the music. Yeah. As long as you're just moving. It sounds so weird because people are like, what do you mean improv? Is it be people just like jellyfishing around? Like, but you know, if you can think of, think of, literally think of like an object and maybe you want to describe that object, but you can't talk. You have to, you have to move your way through it. I swear to God. I, I think it's just the fact that I had two sisters who were 10 and 11 years older than me. And I was in the perfect age for them to just be like, hey, you, come to our room. And they'd just put on, like, Guns N' Roses songs or, like, whatever. And, just and be dance. Like, and and just they, dance, they'd right? And then, then I'm not even doing dancing for fun. I'm doing it to, like, make them laugh. I'm like, now I'm just doing stuff to make them. Yeah, it was, that's. No, it's improv. Excuse me, I'm gonna, I'll get my sisters to come do it. They would probably love it. <laughs> and with that, too, I mean, like, there's so many, depending upon mm-hmm. where you go with dance in your life, mm-hmm. but. A lot of times, if that's a year at an audition, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll have a structured, whatever, three counts of eight, and then they'll say, I want you to improv the last, mm. you know, 16 counts. Yeah. And people don't know how to improv. <laughs> they don't know how to dance without being told what to do. Which yeah. sounds crazy, but well, it takes, it's true. It takes practice. I think about it, I did a little acting growing up, and like, the improv, there were people who were very much into improv acting, and that seemed like something that I was not... Yeah, I, even with improv, I feel like I would end up having to go in there with some idea in my head of what I want to do. I wasn't really making it up on the spot. I'm like, all right, here's what I think I'm going to do. Right, I'm not sure. right. Um, so I want to ask you one thing that I saw about before we get too far off track, because I, I do want to talk about this. Because I was thinking about it today. A lot of my like young uh, students, right? a lot of my kids are 7th, 8th grade kids, and they, work, you know, they go to the refugee centers and community centers, and they love to dance, right? But I also know a lot of these kids come from backgrounds that are very they're very poor they don't have the resources and i saw that you guys were doing was it a scholarship fund for yeah that? yeah so i was kind of curious about yeah, this thank you for bringing that up actually because i was just talking to again someone else from the area and hmm. they actually specifically were were referring to to those students and saying that they were embarrassed to come right to dance with utica mm-hmm. and i'm like hold up like that's no that's not the point right so pro- providing scholarships or yeah. opportunities for the for them to come um, this specific, um, the 10 scholarships from the, yeah, this is the Vinnie, Vinnie, uh, Vinnie Calusa Memorial Scholarship Fund. Yeah. I saw that. So yeah. she used to be a teacher and a studio owner in the area. Nice. Uh, quite a few years ago. Mm, decades, sure. Decades ago. Not actually sure how long ago she passed away, but, um, and her mission was to make sure that no financial constraints ever held back a student's opportunity to take classes and to mm. learn and to grow. So 
it's aligning exactly yeah, what sure. we want to do and to be able to provide dancers and not, not necessarily dancers, just individuals that want to continue to move, perform, dance, take classes, the ability to do so no matter, you know, financial situations. Uh, I have to say, uh, that was a, a uh, if people want to go to the applications for it, that's also at the website, uh, dancewithutica.com. You can check that out there. And I want to say, really enjoy the website. It's a really nice mobile website. I was on there earlier on the phone. That's my fiancé, thank you. You did excellent work. It's my birthday present. Oh, uh, so fiancé, you guys, when's the wedding? You guys getting married soon? We what's just that? set a date. Just set a date. Are you excited? Are you nervous? All the above. <laughs> no, I'm excited. Now the date's set, I'm like, yeah, so what's next? Location? Is that the next thing for you to pick a location? Well, actually, that's what we ended up doing. Oh, nice. We just did location and date. Hmm. You do a big style wedding or small style? I always think about this. I'm always tempted to like just if I was ever going to get married, just be like, well, she's going to do this by ourselves and we'll have a party later. I know. I'm so torn. I'm like 50% <laughs> of me is like, let's just, you know, BYOB in the backyard, throw a tent up. And then the, the other half of me is like, oh. That's because, be that's because you're like me. You're on that cusp of where we're millennials but just kind of so we still have like a lot of these tendencies that were put out upon us by the generation you should have a nice wedding you should go so but then like, we have those millennial tendencies like no this is a waste of money we should save some money it's right like you get you get caught up like like a thirty thousand dollar wedding there's no way yeah yeah somewhere there's somewhere in the middle right that's got to be like somewhere that's a real place to exist right. um Again, folks, I'll give you the website one more time, dancewithutica.com. July 27th through 29th is the festival at 171 Genesee Street. Um, there's actually a really nice calendar up on the Facebook page as well, I saw, that has a nice layout of everything. It almost looks like a Bonnaroo-style festival. The way it looks yeah, kind of right. <laughs> uh, Christina, I know you have lots of things going on today. Uh, any, before I let you go, I have some uh, very quick lightning round questions for you. Fire away. All right. Christina D'Amico, Dance with Utica. Give me one thing that makes you optimistic about the future. One thing makes you optimistic about the future. I think that the possibilities are endless. Mm. Mm. Just need to create it and do it. Very nice. Very nice. What was your first album that you bought with your own money? Oh, God. You actually paid for yourself? Probably like an InSync or Backstreet Boys. Which so you like both of degrees, them? Wasn't that like, like a? That. Couldn't you? Weren't you only supposed to like one of them though in that both. era? You liked them both. I felt like. was higher up on my list. I mean, I think that oh, man, I think a lot of people will ride with the Backstreet Boys, but I think in general, people are lying if they say that Insync wasn't the better. They the were. better. They, 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 were, they were, were better. They had better hits. They were. Backstreet Boys have like two songs that I can think of off the top of my head. I feel like Insync has more. Way more. Way more. They have more maybe hits. Maybe now. Now is maybe another one. Are they back? Are they back now, the Backstreet Boys? I think they're back again. Oh, Backstreet Boys? They're back again. Again. They already had a song called Backstreet's Back. They should do it one more time. They should do it again. They're in concert. I feel like I don't know if I want to see them now. They're like my... They're older than me now. I don't know. They're always older than me. It happens once. Don't come back. Don't do sequels. Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah. Yeah. I like how I like how you said it, but we're like, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking like I was... I've taken photos before and there's been like... Oh, yeah, the flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. I'm like, okay. <laughs> if you could only have one condiment for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mustard. Mustard. No ketchup, no salsa. No, mustard. Hmm. See, I feel like I'm... What, what kind of... Yellow mustard or like deli-style mustard? Oh, if we're going to get specific, I mean... Oh, I just went to Oil Well. Mm-hmm. Up in oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, my oil God. Well. It was right like a jalapeno mustard. Mm, yes. I just I just ball. drove by there. I was up there. I was like, oh, I forgot this was up there. Oh, it's so good. What is your most uncomfortable social situation? Oh man, 
most uncomfortable social situation? Believe it or not, sometimes in really, really, really large groups. Large groups. Sometimes. Too many ba- too many people. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get behind that. That's why I don't go out in public as much as I used to. <laughs> uh, what was your dream job when you were a kid? You said you were dancing at three, so I assume dancing was probably that's an easy one for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a tough one, um, and it might need some preamble. Number seven, do you think it's okay to separate the art from the artist? So, like, if you think Roseanne's a piece of crap, can you still go back and watch old episodes of Roseanne and not feel bad about it? Um, I'm going to go with yes, because I love Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, that's a good... Wow, that's a really good one. <laughs> I was just talking about this last week. <laughs> great I love answer. him. Wow. Christina Vigo. Christina Vigo. That was excellent. That was amazing. That was a great answer So, my question. answer is yes. Michael Jackson. I do one. not necessarily agree with anything sure. he did in Sure, of course life, not. Of course not. But I think he is an absolute genius hmm. as an artist. Of all fair points. <laughs> that was great. That was an excellent answer. Uh, if you could stay one age forever... Of your, of your 30 years so far, what would it be? I think it's coming up. So older, you're ready, not ready to be there yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking it's going to be like 34, 35. I'm feeling good not about it. I'm at 32 right now, and what I've noticed is uh, as my beard's getting uh, more full, it's gray on the sides now, and I'm like, oh yeah, I've been waiting for this for like, <laughs> I've been waiting for a couple years to get it, just a little, just a touch. It's going to go all gray. Can then, count a couple yeah, of can I, I'm going to stop it at some point in time. I'll have to get the gel. But um, all right, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Um, how to be, what did you say, book? Yeah. How to be a badass. How to be a badass. I think I, did you take a picture of it? On something? Yes. yes. I'm obsessed with it. Mm. That was my impetus to start Dance With Utica. Nice. Very nice. By Jen Sicaro, I think is how you pronounce her last name. Sicaro. I have to write that down. Uh, Sincero, Sicaro. Christina, congratulations on two years of Dance With Utica. I'm Here looking, we go. Uh, listen, just keep plugging along, doing the right things. It's you know, All you can do, there is no such thing as luck. Luck is just a combination of timing and hard work. There's no such thing as good luck, so I won't wish you good luck. I'm going to say you're going to do great. Thank you. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, Dancewithutica.com. Go to it. Sign up. Check out all the cool events July 27th to 29th. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. Hey there, folks. Before we get into this interview with Mark, uh, as we're known to do, we totally spaced out in our conversation. Did not mention that the Utica Zoo has free admission night sponsored by Operation Sunshine on July 30th. Uh, So even though we didn't talk about it, check it out. July 30th, Operation Operation Sunshine, free zoo admission that night. Check it out, uticazoo.org. Okay, Mark Simon, let's do it. Responds so slow this computer now that I can never tell. Oh no, my startup. Oh, there you disc. go. Yep, startup disk, almost full. Almost isn't full. That's yeah. fine. That's okay. Get to work. Get to work, your disk. <laughs> yes. Speed yeah, it along. Yet. Come on. Yeah, I'm I'm running up on the end of this computer. It's the, I got to think about what's next. Ah, GFOP, Mark Simon. Uh, I told Christina D'Amico that she told me she'd only come on if she got top billing. So you're mm-hmm. the secondary. No. Oh, no fine. top billing that's for fine. you. Same you're also not us. allowed top billing because you're a Maiden Utica guy. Yeah, you, no, I, 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 didn't, I didn't think it would be fair <laughs> to just be all over the top. Like, look, who's on the podcast again hey. for the 18th time. <laughs> How's things? Everything is good. Busy. Lots going on. I feel like I've seen you very briefly 
yes. over the last few weeks. Like I've yes. seen you, but only in the periphery of the nonsense that's been going on yeah. in my life. So yeah, I mean, the last three weeks has been pretty crazy. Uh, started my new job at the zoo. Yeah, I was gonna. Can I ask you? I remember seeing you this new gig, and I don't know for you if it feels this way. You're now the marketing coordinator at yes. the Utica Zoo. Congratulations! Yes. Thank you. Thank you. This feels like a sort of whirlwind, kind of out of the blue. Is am I wrong? Um. Not really. Um, so I was, the last company I was with, Total Solutions, I was the marketing manager there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we decided to kind of shift things up a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, he wanted to kind of look back and, and try a couple of new things. So um, it opened the door for me to pursue another opportunity. Nice. And it just kind of worked out that the zoo was, you know, looking for someone into that position. So uh, Mike Beck hadn't been there for a while. Mm-hmm. And they were looking to fill a position. And the timing was just... Awesome, and it just worked out great. So, so how is this? How long is this for you? Two weeks, couple weeks, three? Weeks? Uh, three weeks. I started three weeks. like just after Memorial Day, okay. so it's been it's been hectic. Um, within the first three weeks, we had our Association of Zoos and Aquariums inspection, oh, yeah. our accreditation inspection, which will allow open a lot of other doors for things going on at the zoo. Um, you know, so that was really hectic and a lot going on, and especially when you're first just learning the zoo as a place. Yeah, yeah. It's a great way to get to know the zoo as a place because I have seen literally every inch of the zoo over the last three weeks. So it's funny. I've talked to a couple different people at the zoo over the years. Uh, Mike's been on the show. And then, of course, uh, my friend Kate, who I went to Utica College with, She's but she deals more on the animal side. And I noticed there's two types of people at the zoo. Yes. People who are on the I deal with animal side and then people who are on the I deal with the zoo stuff side. Yeah. You were more on the zoo stuff side. Yes. Have you chilled with any animals? I have to ask. I have. Uh, one of one of the. Are you friends with any animals yet? <laughs> so, part of the accreditation inspection happenings was you know just taking care of and upgrading, renovating parts of the zoo. So everyone had kind of their assigned area. So yeah, I yeah. spent a lot of time hanging out with the Bactrian camels in their new exhibit. Nice. <laughs> so their names are uh, Nalo and Furlow, and it got to the point where they would just follow. They would just w- walk around and follow me from side to side. And just stare at me, which they do with everyone, but on an everyday basis, it was like, you know, mm. you say hello, you wave, and, you know, everything like that. Mm. Um, I got to do a Red Panda encounter with uh, nice. with some guests, so yeah, yeah, yeah. got to be right up in there with them. They're, they're very, very interesting animals. Mm. They, they look like just tiny little teddy bears that just kind of get up and walk around. It feels like, okay, so Red Panda is on the short list of animals that cannot be domesticated that I think would be dope pets. Yeah. Regular raccoons, red pandas, uh, small hippos, yeah, bears, but only for a little bit. It's too bad there's not a. I would I could get behind a small bear as a pet, right? If it was yeah, I mean a, a red panda would definitely be a, a your problem, right? I, yeah, I mean <laughs> conceptually having a red panda as a pet sounds fantastic, but I could I could definitely see where they would cause problems because I mean they're big territory marking animals, so you know you see them actively marking their territory on a regular basis inside their uh, exhibit, so... I mean, even Charles the domestic cat who's asleep <laughs> here on the floor in the sun like a piece of crap, he's... You know, even he is a pain sometimes yeah. as a domesticated. I can't imagine what I would deal with if, like, I had a raccoon in my house. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, 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 look, they look like well, they're red really, raccoons. They're not really raccoons. They're, they're something much more nuanced than that, I think. A raccoon's, like, something different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and it's funny that you say that about, about them being pets, is that they're actually, they're, they're, they're endangered Danger, animals. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. Uh, one of the big concerns is that they are part of the illegal animal trade, like the black really? market animal trade uh, oh for, for pets. People really? are trying to domesticate them oh as pets. God. Yeah, huh. I mean, there's uh, there's many reasons why the red panda is a endangered species, but that's one of I always reasons. thought it would be like a fur thing. It's such a scam. So I read all yeah. these terrible, disgusting, like, poacher stories. It's like, God, this is the worst thing. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 something that we just we try not to think about, but at the same time we think a lot about because conservation is part of our mission oh, yeah. at the zoo, and doing things specifically to protect animal species mm. is part of what zoos do in general. Mm. Um, you know, mm. the old adage that zoos are prisons for animals is is not accurate. Are there zoos okay. out there that don't treat their animals well? Sure, but when you're mm. uh, you know a zoo. An AZA accredited zoo, mm. or, or you know, some uh, a facility that actually is an animal care facility. Oh yeah, the animals are incredibly comfortable. They're safe. They're safe from from human prey. Yeah, because yeah. some animals that's their only predator oh. pre- is humans. So you know, it they're in captive care. Yeah, they're taken care of. They're cared for. They're trained. They're they're enriched. They you know they they help to develop as animals. Oh yeah, they, they don't just sit there and just walk back and forth all day. Some animals that's just what they do. <laughs> well. <it's- laughs> You know, it's and that's the thing too is every person I've ever dealt with in the zoo always seems to be like, uh, especially in the animal care side, because I've met a bunch of them at various different maybe yeah. events over the years, mm-hmm. like young scholars events, things like that, and they all really seem to love like working with the animals. There's oh, such like, a deep like yeah. connection to it, which is really which is crazy because like I'm sort of scared of most animals. I was up in mm-hmm. Morrisville today too in a college visit, and they got like horses. Yeah, and the kids are like, "Oh, horses! We pet the horses." And I'm like, "You guys can." <laughs> I'm not, I'm, <clears throat> like, it's not going to do anything to you. It's not going to yeah. bite you. I'm like, it's got teeth. Yeah, it can I mean, bite you. It can bite you. If it wanted to, it will. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, the, zookeep- the zookeepers are incredible. Uh, oh, know, yeah. This week, as we're sitting here talking now, is a National mm. Zookeeper Appreciation Week. Oh, nice. Week. So our, our keepers yeah. are are just, they're, they're, they're second to none. There's really not anything mm. that you can say about them that hasn't been said already because zookeepers... Mm. Are are the, the the unsung heroes of the animal care industry because they are they live to take care of these animals like these animals cannot operate without them mm. and like the zookeepers are are so integral to everything that we do so going to bat for the guys the unsung heroes I love oh, absolutely your, I mean <laughs> you know bat. you know me if there's an unsung hero that you can sing it I'm gonna do it uh, so one more thing I, I know we we're gonna talk about Brewfest in just a second but I gotta ask you're a North Utica guy you've been yep. up in North Utica yep. for a while what's it like coming back down to this sort of East Utica South Utica every every day now <laughs> well I, it it does it does help with my you know so, social circles because <laughs> certainly almost all of my friends live down here so yeah, it, it's yeah. nice kind of saying you know on launch I can you know, hop out of the zoo real quick and swing down and, and have lunch with Parkinson or, you know, whoever's around. And uh, it, it's definitely, it, it's nice having one, a shorter commute because I don't have to go all the way to Clinton now. But also it's nice kind of being back where, you know, most of my, uh, you know, Utica history has, has been, like, right here in Wesley, actually. So, Can you explain to me why five years ago when I applied for this job, no one hired me. Can you tell me? Um, <laughs> that, uh, that, that, that's uh, internal you, and confidential. Can you, I, can't, I can't speak to that. Is there a file? There's probably a file somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, hire uh, these men. it's yeah. just a picture of me and like Phil. Just me and Phil Farta. Just don't hire these two yeah. men. It's out, it's out back of the camel barn if you want to go look for it. <laughs> yeah, it's for spit practice. For <laughs> they keep a big target of us up. Uh, so let's talk about Brewfest. Yes. Uh, I love Brewfest. It was yes. here last year. had a great time. Very excited. And now I'm even more excited that uh, you are the point man here. Yeah, it's uh, it, Brewfest has always been something I've, I've seen from the outside looking in and now being on the inside looking out. It, it, it's amazing how much work actually goes oh, into yeah, this dude. event. Cause it, it, it's, so, it's so integral to the zoo's operation because, you know, Brewfest, one of the wilderness, are two major, you know, mm-hmm. fundraising events, and you know, the amount of work that goes into it, not only just from the marketing side, but also the entire the Brewfest committee, the you know, people internally within the zoo. Like, Brewfest is such a big deal and it's so important. And I mean, for mm-hmm. this is the twentieth year, 
And just to be able to kind of look back at files from the past and see how much Rufus has grown. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's not just a fundraiser for the zoo. It's a great community event that people look forward to every year. Like, oh yeah. Somebody was saying at our Brewfest committee last night that you know people people are gonna come. You don't even have to. All you gotta do is tell them when it is, and they're just gonna show up. Mm. But you know, every every year we try to do as much fundraising as possible for the zoo because we have so many great plans that we want to push forward, and mm-hmm. Brewfest is so integral to actually making those things happen. So, you know, growing up, I grew up. On uh, on like Valentine Bray as mm-hmm. a kid, like right around the corner from Valentine here. Bray Wyatt. Valentine Bray Wyatt. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the buzzards. Uh, no, I I loved it, and I always loved like the zoo was like the closest like sort of cultural touch point. I growing mm-hmm. up in South Utica, I think of like a lot of weird like Utica cultural touch points, like the Stanley Theater and yep. Utica Zoo yep. and uh, and like the brewery and just these things that sort of existed in the periphery. And I, I loved it. Like I loved the zoo does such a nice job of like grasping the attention of people from all ages like i think you sort of i think about it like as an adult i sort of aged into different steps of the zoo like when i was a kid my favorite thing was like the spooktacular yeah right absolutely then when i got old and turned into a hipster it was wine in the wilderness and now as i get to a grizzled old man it's (laughs) yeah i aged into all these for, for someone who did not grow up here and you know hearing about these events um, you know, not only from people who I know and, and friends with that have been either going to it or, or seeing it for years, it's uh, you know it, it's really cool to be able to get to work on mm-hmm. Brewfest and 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 to and to say what you were saying before about the about the zoo itself. Uh, Thomas Napoli, the state comptroller, uh, delivered his address about the Mohawk Valley situation and finances, and he actually mentioned the zoo in his report, saying that you know we've been a tourist destination for over a hundred years, mm-hmm. and you know. We're still going because you know it's a great spot to be, and mm-hmm. you know without the support of the community and everyone else around us, it we wouldn't be able to continue continue mm-hmm. doing things like Brewfest and, and expanding and, and doing all the construction projects they're working on right now. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's really cool to be able to mm-hmm. look at all this stuff from the inside out now and, and really be able to not only be part of it but also affect change at the same time. All right, folks. Here's all the information dump I'm going to hit you with again. Saturday, August fourth. That's 6 to 9 p.m. It's going to be very exciting. Advanced ticket sales. You can save some uh, some cash if you buy advanced. Yeah. $35 for members, $40 non-members, 25 designated drivers for advanced. Do that. You can also get them at the door. Yeah. Get them in advance. Yeah. <laughs> get them in advance. So people can stop asking me how we're doing on ticket sales, and I can tell them, oh, yeah, we're doing great. So <laughs> buy them now. 21 and over, uticazoo.org slash brew. Um, I... Uh, I have some lightning round questions. I love lightning round questions. <laughs> My favorites. Uh, all right, very good. So because you've been on the show before, I had to doctor some new ones here for you. So okay. these are the ones that I gave to Christina. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have a tough one on here that she gave an excellent answer for. So I'm going to see if you beat her answer. Hopefully. Right. So here Let's we go. Uh, Mark Simon, marketing coordinator for Utica Zoo. Name one thing that makes you optimistic about the future. Wow. Um, I think... Wow, that's a tough one to just do one. Um, Doesn't have to be a big thing. I think that one thing that makes me optimistic about the future is, and I, I'm going to be a little bit selfish with this one. I think sure. that one thing that makes that makes me optimistic about the future is that in my new role, meeting people who I have known from other instances, uh, you know, working in other jobs, things yeah. like that, and then you know, I see them again. Say I'm, I'm the marketing coordinator at the zoo. Uh, a lot of people have been incredibly supportive and incredibly uh, 
friendly and kind about the things they, they've said. Like when I tell them I work at the zoo, like, you know, tell me they'll, they'll do that. I'll do great. And, you know, it's a perfect fit and things like that. And I, and I think that that really helps me keep moving forward every single day is it almost makes you feel like a lot of people are watching yeah. and it makes me want to do 10 times better because somebody's watching. I want to, I want to impress people. I want to, I want to do good. And, uh, I think that that is a, a huge motivator for me to continue to, you know, keep things fresh, keep things new and, and really drive some actual change and, and, and do some good stuff. So. God, that was so selfish. It was, yeah, most, selfish. So too. <laughs> it was the most selfish. Thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, so, sometimes, sometimes you gotta you know, <laughs> keep one for the unsung hero. I gotta sing for myself every now and again. Uh, what was the first album you bought with your own money? Oh wow. Um, when I was a kid, I was really big into like the compilation albums. Compilation albums, like the punk rocker ones, like the um, no, because like when I first started. Like, when I was first buying music, I wasn't really into punk rock at all. Sure, sure. It was just kind of like... All right. I think it was, like, one of the Jock Jams. Jock Jams! Yeah. Yo. It was... Uh, I was all about the Jock Jams, and uh, I, I must have been, like, 10-ish. And uh, <laughs> I was all about the Jock Jams. And it was... What was your number one Jock Jam? The one I always oh, think man. of is Come On, Ride the Train. That's the number... I do... I, I really do have to go with that one, only because I can't <laughs> think of the names of any of the other ones, because I have not listened to any Jock Jams style like, music since I was, like, 10. I'd have to look it up. I don't have my, my internet skills are not good at talking and doing two things at once. Uh, question number three. Do you believe in ghosts? I believe in ghosts? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I've watched enough weird television shows with Parkinson and you and, and Kevin to, you mm. know, kind of be like, there's got to be at least something. I mean, yeah, is, yeah. It, is, it, is it somebody you don't like cheat? No, but I, I definitely think that there's, there's something walking around and yeah. kind of still in, in the mist somewhere. You know, I'll be walking around here with no white sheets, by the way. <laughs> we don't like that around this Yeah, no, we don't, we don't. We don't like that around this park. Nope, definitely not. Not at headquarters definitely here, not. certainly not. Uh, <laughs> not welcome. <laughs> Get out. If you only have one condiment for the rest of your life, what would it be? Golden spicy brown mustard. Ooh, just two people today pick mustard. <laughs> what is going on? It's the best condiment. I mean, it literally goes on anything. You can put it on steak, you can put it on a sandwich. You can you put uh, mustard on a steak? Yeah. Interesting. You ever have horseradish mushroom? I do like horseradish. That's true. I guess you. Yeah. I'm trying to think what I would put on like a pot, like a on a on a, like a prime rib. I would do some sort of like horseradish. I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, yeah. if I could get yeah. like a horseradish mustard that was more yeah, right. horseradish than mustard, I'd be into it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I, I put Golden's uh, brown mustard on ribs before I put them in the smoker because of that nice like. Okay. All right. That makes okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mustard's right. good for lots. Uh, what's your most uncomfortable social situation? Oh God. Um, like a particular instance or just in general? Just like, whatever, in general. And um, I, I feel uncomfortable in a lot of social situations. <laughs> so multiple. <laughs> um, now I, I, I think, uh, being someplace either underdressed or overdressed. Underdressed or overdressed. That's yes. what <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, because I, because I run into this problem a lot. It's not so much of a problem, more of a uncomfortability is that you know i have you know sleeve tattoos on both arms and sometimes right. i'll have to right. go to like events that are you know black tie or at least long sleeve events right long sleeve and you know i i'm not a long sleeve guy i paid a lot of money for these tattoos mm -hmm. and i want everyone to know that i have them so <laughs> <laughs> so so going someplace and feeling underdressed or overdressed is definitely uncomfortable and you know i, I do feel underdressed at times just even when i'm not underdressed it's weird uh my mom told me when i was a kid she said I don't care if you get tattoos. This was like in the 
like in like the late nineties. <laughs> you know, it was a long time ago. Yeah, before you even think about this, is when the era when it still was like a thing. That it's like no one's gonna hire you mm-hmm. if you have tattoos. Like that was the idea that my parents actually thought. Right, like my mom really believed that. She's like, if you get tattoos, make sure that they're covered up by your clothing. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really think that matters anymore, for the most part. Like, in most jobs, I don't think anyone cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've sort of lived by that as an adult. So if you look, you can't really see any of my tattoos now. Right. So when I go to work, I just usually, like, roll up my sleeves or whatever. No one sees it. But I go to these work events. In the summertime, mm-hmm. I wear a T-shirt, and all my kids are like, well, you have, like, a cow tattooed on your arm. I'm like, it's not a cow. It's a bull, number one. Number one, it's a bull. Listen, kid. It's a bull. And number two, it's Ferdinand. It's different. <laughs> Uh, is that weird? You ever get people give you a look, funny looks at that sometimes? I've never seen anyone um, give you like me a funny look for this. Not, not really. Do. Um, I get a, I get a lot of questions like um, so I, I have a portrait of my grandfather in the back of my left uh, arm, yeah, and yeah. a lot of people ask me what actor that is, and I'm like, why <laughs> would I have some random actor tattoo on my arm? <laughs> like, like I get it. Some people are into that. That's cool. I was what just like, actors? yeah. So I mean, I, I, I get some strange questions every now and again, but it's been a very, very, very long time since I got any sort of criticism or oh, oh what are you gonna do when you're mm-hmm. when you're old or something like that. And it, it, I don't really, I haven't had any issues getting jobs with tattoos. Actually, yeah. I, I will say the there's one job I went for, and it was a whole big deal because they were trying to hire me, and I was trying to find a way to cover my tattoos, and it was just they were making a really big big deal about it, and it was Panera Bread. It was oh, I had style. I, yeah, I had just yeah. I had just moved to uh, to Florida. And I was looking for just to get any job, just to make some money. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Panera was one of the only places that called me for an interview, and they made such a big deal about my tattoos. I'm just like, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. You know what's always fun is when little kids look at your tattoos. My niece and nephews like looked at my tattoos for the first time. It was funny because kids are honest. Like they went through and they looked at all my tattoos. They were like, cool, dumb, dumb, cool, <laughs> dumb. I was like, wow, thanks, kid. Uh, what was your dream job as a child? Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to do all sorts of things, and like most kids, my dream job would change from day to day to day. Sure. Um, if we go by my uh, senior year high school yearbook quote, um, it would be to be a chef. And, chef. And own a popular yet untrendy restaurant. That is exact. That is verbatim what I what I wrote in my yearbook, and I regret it every single day of my life. Uh, this is a tough one. Do you think it's okay to separate the art from the artist? Um, separate the art from the artist. That is tough. Um, I think it's so important to understand where an artist is coming from mm. when when they put something out to the world. So, sure. you know, you context. Yeah, you can look yeah. at, at, at any number of great artists and look at a piece of their work and then compare it to another piece of work from another part of their, you know, career and history, yeah, yeah. and. They may look very, very different, but there's a there's a strong reason for that, and you can't just say, "Oh, look, it's different." You need to understand why it's different or why it is this way versus yeah. the other way. So I think it's really important to keep the artist connected to their art because without that story, without that understanding and context, you kind of lose a big part of what art yeah. is, and it's it's an expression of one's internal mm-hmm. self and their internal workings. And I think that if you just lose that and look at it at, at face value. You're, you're really, really missing out on, you know, a big portion of what the art actually is. You're still a young man, but if you could stay one age forever, what age would you choose? Um, I've, I've been, I've been feeling, I've been feeling pretty good as of late in my, uh, in my early thirties. Um, 
They're I, all right so far. I like their Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not a fan of the two day, two day hangovers. Uh, I could do without that. Um, that that's definitely not okay. But but I mean, I'm at. I feel like I'm in a, at a position in my life, in a point in my life where I can really kind of blast off and, and start doing big yeah. things for myself, my family, my career, Good. people around me, and, and also being in the position that I'm in, working with Made in Utica and being able to kind of affect change at a at a you know grassroots level. I feel I'm feeling real good, like right right here in the in the 33 range. So, I, I I'm th- I'm seeing big things on on the horizon for myself in that over the next couple of years. So I'm I'm feeling good about where I'm at now. Good man, I love it. I love <clears> it. Give me one book, album, movie, or show you're currently reading, listening to, or watching. Uh, so I recently jumped on the Hulu train specifically to watch Seinfeld. <clears throat> nice. So nice. I am I'm always a classic. Big, I'm a big Seinfeld guy. I've always enjoyed it. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um. That I, I got who was specifically just to watch Seinfeld, and I, I'm a I'm a I'm definitely a serial show watcher. Nice. Like I won't like watch new stuff, or I won't watch something you know that that just came out, or, or watch something different. I like to sit and engross myself into one series, like you know The Office. I'll watch The Office anytime. It's true. Anywhere. I'm watching Friends it. right now just because it's on. I yeah. need something for background. Yeah, we uh, Joe and I went through Friends not too long ago, and you know we're uh, watched the season from beginning to end. It's still good. Yeah. A lot of sex. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of like over. They talk about it a lot for a show that was so casual on yeah. TV. I always think about that when I watch. I also noticed that uh, apparently the set of Friends is very very cold. I've noticed. Um, <laughs> I've noticed that as well, which uh, I didn't notice as a kid and now as an adult. And that that's what's great about shows like that is that as true. an adult, watching rewatching shows that you watch as a kid, you really get a lot of that. Details. Oh wow, details. <laughs> oh weird. Talk about context. Unikazoo.org <laughs> <laughs> backslash brew. Is it backslash or slash? It's slash. Yeah, Utikazoo.org slash brew. Utikazoo Brewfest, August 4th, 2018, 6 to 9 p.m. It's a Saturday. Get your tickets in advance. Save yourself some money. Uh, take a little pressure off Mark. with those yes. early advance tickets yep. in there, Mark. Come on, everyone. Make me look good. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Always Thank a you. pleasure. Much appreciated, sir. Back to the show. Just a moment. We're not back to the show uh, because I did two interviews, so why not do ten minutes with the infamous one, Justin Parkinson of Made in Utica? I already got a question for you. Awesome. What is the thing you want to? What would you take back that you can make cool again? Would it be like your mama jokes or what's something that like? Some, uh, you know what I really like? Lame that you used to do baggy jeans. What's something that you used to do lame it's, that you wish you could make cool again? Baggy jeans. No, I think back. I think yeah. baggy jeans were. I look back on baggy jeans with like. Uh, like a like a, it's not a rough bowl one. cuts. Did you do bowl cuts? Yeah, but I think when you're a kid, bowl cut is. I, I saw like uh, I was at this event this week where a lady had a, like a little five year old kid, yeah. and they all have bowl cuts. That's like a little kid's haircut. Like is I think it? all little kids at some point in time go through bowl cut. At least little boys, in, in my opinion. So right? you don't want to bring the bowl cut back either. I think it's still around. I think you see. You the think bowl. I think you see, see the bowl, bowl cut, cut around. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, I think for me, there are things I liked as a as a kid that I think are still cool that I can't do anymore as an adult. Like I think action figures are dope. Like what am I gonna do? Am I be like you come in here? I'm just like hey. What's up, man? It's just me and yeah. Optimus Prime and Deadpool here at the well, table. Well, that's what I feel about all those old wrestlers. Like, what do you really do with them? You gotta keep them, okay, but so you can't bring. Like, you can't play with them. I, 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 had a friend of mine, I had a friend of mine who was like an action figure collector, and he um, 
he had like a room in his house, right, with like the the walls up with like action figures all over it. And he was a good dude, and I have no issues with him. But I like looked at it, and I was like, mm-hmm. so this is what you do with your action figures when you get to a certain yeah, age. Never open them. Put them up on the wall. Yeah. No, they were open, but they were in like they were posed in like yeah. forever perpetuity. Like they just sat there forever. Uh, already we've gotten off track. Yeah, okay. uh, but yeah, actually, wow, what did <laughs> you want to bring back? What started this conversation? I don't know. We were just talking about something from the past about, mm. ne- you know, it's never coming back. Maybe some of those things are just well, never. Je- bowl cuts for me are never coming back. Jenko jeans back. are never coming back. Um, I wish Jenkos would come back. I think that would be, if we're doing this nostalgia, like old stuff, wouldn't Jenkos be like something that back? You- Everything's going to come back. Even the frosted tips and the boot cut you jeans. Think so? Oh, dude. Frosted tips were already kind of back. I see, like, didn't, like, uh, Messi frost his tips earlier this year? <laughs> oh, Neymar. Yeah, Neymar. Yeah, like, yeah, Neymar. Somebody did. A little no, bit of that weird, like, blog coming back. It won't be as gratuitous as it was in the our era, but like, something oh, yeah, will yeah, happen, yeah. right? There'll yeah. be some sort of new thing. It always comes in cycles. Everything's in cycles. So we can't say goodbye forever, I guess. Speaking of everything coming in cycles, third time. Mm. Third time. Downtown Get Down, August 24th and 25th. Uh, you're ambitious as always. How are things going? There's with- a sense of urgency. That's why I'm doing this crap show. That's the only reason why <laughs> That's I'm always doing nice this show. Yeah, no, it's That's why, why you're the third interview this <laughs> week. You're getting half the time. So. Um, um, yeah, they, uh, it's like a month away, so it was just a good time to maybe solidify some of the stuff that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, it's going to be the, the majority of it is going to be at the park. So nice. we are going to kick off. Technically on Friday this year, which would be a first because 24th. we're gonna yep. So we're gonna tie into the Mighty Ducks. Um, we're gonna have like a a dance team there that's gonna do like a routine. Some younger girls um, are gonna come in. Uh, the Dancing Divas, I think they're called. Nice. Yeah, and then um, Jay Schnitt's gonna play some music. Um, we'll do a photo booth with Zach and all that good stuff. So we're actually gonna kick off a little softer with a a, a more of a mini party that we normally do in sure. Franklin before the movie starts. But we'll have yeah. a little bit more action going on. Maybe about six leading yeah, yeah, up yeah. to the movie. Nice. That'll technically kick it off. Um, and then in the Saturday, we'll do the farmer's market again, like always. But Kate Miller's organizing a scavenger hunt. Nice. Awesome. So you go between the market and the vendors and things and kind of gather information. There'll be a prize for that. So that'll be more kid-oriented and, and things like that. So <clears throat> that's a little bit new this year. So we won't be doing, like, physical fitness like we have in the past because yeah, yeah. it just kind of gets in the – it's a little much to put down there. <laughs> right. A bunch of people, like, doing CrossFit and stuff. It's, it blocks the market. Um, so she's going to do a scavenger hunt and then everything's going over to the lot where we're going to do a hot dog eating contest this year. They already asked if a made in Utica person would do it. Who do we get? I think Mark's the fighting champion. Is he not? He didn't talk about it necessarily when he was on here a minute ago, but I feel like he would be the guy. My only thing is I've always wanted to do this, like get into a hot dog eating contest, and then once it starts, just like casually just, eat hot yeah, dogs. Yeah, like, that's what I said. It's like I take a nap. I don't eat, eat pork, so I said if you can get me like some sort of alternate yeah, to the dog. Honest John's. Yeah, they're <laughs> Honest John's too, so they're, they're like a healthy heart, hot dog, so it's not like a competition where you're going to be like slugging these things out. It's going to be a hearty meal probably. So. You're, doing, uh, you're doing pet adoption as well, you're saying? Yeah, that's a Katie thing. Nice. Um, I that's cool. Think that's she's, really cool. Uh, God, I wish, I think it's through where she got her dog. I want to say it's her Kimmer who's coming but it could be i don't quote me on that it might be steven swans in utica but yeah we're gonna do a pet adoption and then nice. a puppet show as well so the majority of that stuff there actually be like actual um a ninja court a little ninjas course was going to be like nice. american ninja for kids oh, wow. but um <laughs> nick from um cairo um i'm not good with well, names she's was well, katie's been going there anyways they're uh they're going to be running that course i believe so there's there's a, a bunch of kid things kid oriented things in the morning but that's going to be supplemented by obviously the shopping at the at the location we're going to have programming inside the massey building uh local music going on 
You've been pretty adamant about the local portion yeah, of that music thing, been, too. Yeah, it makes the most sense. We've been looking at, like, bringing in, because last year we did Gibbs. Yeah. So we were thinking about something like that. Great time. It was. It was really fun, and it's, like, the one time a year we get to, like, pick anybody we want to, like, yeah. come up and do a show or something, and... Mm. Um, so Gibbs was fun because we personally liked them, but I think this year to fit the park, it makes more sense to stay local to the music scene here. So Tim is going to book a bunch of, um, bands with P2 shows that even nice. similar to what he did last year. So he, he's got the handle on a lot of that, uh, the local scene there. Um, we're going to do some stuff with Apache Chief. Um, uh, my dude. I, yeah, GFOP, I'm, I'm pretty Chief. excited about that. It's the been Chief. talked about for like the last many two years. get downs. Yeah, now seems like the time. <laughs> I love it. Um, but you know, and then we want Thomas D to play and things like that. So we really want to showcase um, some local musicians. Like mm. I'm bugging Mandry about something right now. Yeah, too. yeah. So yeah, that will involve maybe some of you guys here. But we'll like, see. we got lots of lots of local music on that day in particular, and I think we're gonna mm. avoid. The more national stuff and really just let the park be a spot to, to showcase local music, I think. I think that's the best bet for the get-down this year. Uh, speaking of the park, uh, I was away this weekend on business, but I was following on Twitter with the excavation mm. stuff. So that opened this week. Congratulations. Thank you. That Dream was, becomes real. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's weird because I was talking. Arian came down from yeah. uh, Rochester, which is a shame. I keep missing him. Yeah, I, we I keep know, crossing right? paths. I he feel bad be, about he'd it. He'd be a good get. One of these days, very yeah. soon. He. Um, it was funny talking to him about it because it's like, yeah, well, I'm sitting there. Technically, I guess this is like the groundbreaking. It's yeah, just me sitting there. With, I, felt, I actually there's felt like bad. Nothing I like, around. I, I was like, man, it's very uneventful. I'm just standing there watching this. Thing. Wouldn't be like, any other way for this though. I know, it's right? It it's very be. low key, and I'm just watching it going. I was like, man, it's like this is like four or five months worth, and there's nobody here to watch this. <laughs> this is like amazing, you know? <laughs> like, I can't believe they're doing this. One, there's no one here to like watch it, but there's nobody here to even ask or stop me. Mm-hmm. There's like DPW and the police driving by. I'm like. Like, are they gonna just stop and like ask for a permit or something? Because like nobody's probably dug on this ground for yeah. thirty years, you know. So like every single person that drove by was looking directly at the lot. So I know even on a natural sense, you're gonna drive by where the the lot's gonna be now and notice a huge change because oh, yeah. the, the Boilermaker stuff is all cleared out. But for years and years and years, you've seen all overgrowth there, and now it's finally cleared and there's three pads down. Um, containers are going. I want it today, maybe tomorrow or mm. the next day, but they're coming this week. Like they're that must be legitimately, really... yeah. Like they're legitimately coming within the next day or two. Right. So that'll be you know me. As long as you have parking, I'll be yeah, totally oh, fine. I'll, I'll be totally fine. No, as long I'm as all about the bikes now, so <laughs> I'm on a bike thing. <laughs> uh, well, I found out from my side that I will have um, not as much free time in August as I thought I would, but I'm going to have a lot of free time in August. So I'm looking forward. Oh, we're going to put you into that. Put work. Yeah, yeah, free yeah. labor. Yeah. All right, so the other reason you wanted to come on, because uh, I can't keep you on here for a half an hour, though we easily could. Yes, of um, course. You were, you were not pleased about some... Was it an HBO documentary you watched? You sent me a thing today about why you wanted oh. to talk about HBO. Oh, you were, uh, all, oh, you were watching uh, pieces or sharp, or, uh, sharp objects. objects. Yeah, I can't even think. Uh, scattered pieces. I keep I've heard a few people. I've heard a few people talking about sharp objects. I'm a big fan of Amy Adams, and you don't seem like you're on board. I just watched two episodes of. It. I was talking to you about it yesterday. Um, I watched two episodes, and I just felt like I sat there for two episodes and still haven't learned anything about what's happening. So I've just basically gotten to this point, and it's kind of like an HBO thing where I'm like, you know, I'm done with this. Like, I don't have time to sit around for six episodes in a in an era where I live to binge watch things, right? Like, yeah. I don't have the patience to go through two episodes and still not learn why she's so scarred up. It doesn't make any sense. Now, before we get into what I assume is going to be at least six minutes of you bashing HBO shows, mm. I'm going to say this. 
I do think you've come into a point in time in your life where you have a hard time with fiction. You seem to That's be true. you seem to be much more interested in documentary, That's real true. life stuff now than you've That's ever true. been in because yeah. storytelling. I think maybe it's the thing with, with what Netflix and some of these things have done with us is that we're allowed to binge mm-hmm. a lot of things. So depending on how you're making a show and the way you write it, either you're writing it all mm-hmm. for you know kind of one shot or whatever. Yeah. But when you're doing this thing now where you're going week to week like on Westworld, it's very difficult. To write good television where you want mm. people to come back every single week instead of just waiting for it to be done and blasting through it. Do you think, th- do you, you seem to think, uh, from what I got in this conversation, that HBO is sort of not at the same level it once no. was prestige wise? Well, I think they're just struggling because of the week to week basis, is yeah. that the content they're creating, they need to get you to keep coming back every Sunday. So a lot of like their suspenseful things or their, their larger, Im- like I can't even, I don't even want to know what Game of Thrones is going to be like, what they're going to do to toggle you for week to week on that crap. Like they're, it's going to be cliffhanger every 20 minutes. They're leaving Amazon Prime. That was the story I heard this week. Really? Is that they're taking their content off Amazon Prime, really? which I guess, I guess it makes sense. You know I mean, like I, I, it's disappointing, right? I like it. Yeah. I like watching on Amazon Prime because I can go back and forth and other stuff. But, yeah. like, if they want to, they might need to start making themselves a bit more selective, ex- uh, inclus- exclusive, yeah. right? I think if you they want should our just stuff, start, you have to come here. But they should also just start r- kicking these things out like, you know, any Netflix show doesn't. Put all eight out on your app and still air them once a week. That'd be fine. So I'm going to run through a couple of the HBO shows yeah. and let's go here. So Game of Thrones has been on since 2011. Yeah, that'll um, always be number one, probably. I and think they that, have a prequel to... coming. Real? Yeah, yeah, you told me about it. I haven't looked into that yeah. as much. I don't know how interesting... It's like the Fear of the Walking Dead. I don't know if I want to dabble right. on that yet. I'll kind of wait. You know? I think, okay, if you do the prequel thing, I think you latch on to a very specific... You're like, I know we're going to get this audience of people. You like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, you'll watch it, right? Or at least a portion of them, I guess, right? But I don't think you're pulling in new fans Mm -mm. to a prequel to a show that already exists, especially if they haven't watched it, right? All intents and purposes is a sequel. Call it what you want. Yeah, they're they're spinning off of something and trying to make more money off that original thing. Inherently, from the moment you say this is a prequel, you are narrowing your range of who you can pull in. Yeah, yeah. But Game of Thrones will continue to be a monster. I, again, have not watched Game of Thrones. People, You did watch it. I don't know if you still watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you like the show? Yeah, I do. Um, I think, I don't know what it is with that, which is, like, totally all over the place, what I do like and don't like. Like, Game of Thrones is probably more of a shocker, but it's something with, I think they do that pretty well. You, you have a good mix of, like, uh, a higher budget that doesn't look tacky, a story that, for the most part, keeps moving just because you have so many characters constantly going so it definitely has its lulls and like the not every season has been top notch or whatever but um they're they're starting a show and then ending it and they know and there's a lot of value in that when you have an insight is that bad yes exactly so i appreciate i think that's why i like a little bit more because there's something in mind Mm -hmm. they're writing for an end they're not just writing for another season so let's talk about westworld for a second i'm sure you're already off westworld since 2016 i do think that hbo looked at westworld's after season one, and said, this is going to be the next Game of Thrones. Yep. Right? This is our next prestige series. Yep. I do think that after the end of season two, they probably know, okay, this is going to be a show that the people who like, like, and the people who don't, don't, but I don't think this is, this is not the next Game of Thrones. I've right? never seen um, such a mass, like, a bore off of a show before, except when it came to that second season, then in particular towards the... Twin Peaks. The fi- finale, exactly. I mean, people were jumping. People, like, it was getting tough to even finish mm. that season, and the going was so much hype. It's the hard heel turn. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe Westworld made that hard of a swerve that fast. You know what I mean? It's like, they went straight bad guy, right? <laughs> like, I'm right off to one direction. It was just... This is a show that Kevin and I talk about a lot. I think that this is a show that... I, 
I'm not off of it because I don't feel like I have any reason to be. Like, yes, it's confusing. Yes, it doesn't always make sense. But I do like a lot of it. So I'm willing to go along for an hour a week with it yeah. still. Do you know what I mean? That's where I sort of it's like... Just, I don't know if they paid off for it. That was all. No, I don't think... I don't feel any satisfaction yeah. for sticking with them for a whole entire... Or week to week to week for a whole it entire season. It did become... I have to admit for me... And I'm, I, I guess I'm sort of... I got tired of the backlash. Too. Yeah. It's the same that you know what it gets yeah. like. You, yeah. you read all these people like... Crapping on this, crapping on this, crapping on this. Yep. I'm like, are we just like spoiled? Like, this is a pretty good show with good actors and it's really well, beautiful. And, and, and it's nice to like, you know, we always jump to this is the yeah. greatest thing ever made. It's the right. next great show. Yeah. Everybody's gonna gotta watch yeah. Westworld. You know what I mean? Nothing so for as be much as they good. get shit on. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, got, I think it mm. caught a lot of hype and mm. it deserves a lot of yeah. the backlash just because of the round that mm. got put into almost instantly, you know? I'm gonna run through four shows that yeah. I have heard of but don't really watch. Do you know anything about Insecure from 2016? No, I do not. That's a show that I, again, I, I don't. I've never heard anything bad about it, but I don't hear a lot of people yeah, talk never, about it. Never to me. watched it. If you like that show, let me, let me yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Big Little Lies is a show that um, people seem to really like. That gets a lot of stuff. Again, I guess a lot of awards. Won a lot yep. of awards. Last Emmys. Um, again, I've heard it's good. Twenty seventeen, a newer show. I feel like if you're looking for something to jump on, that's probably yeah. like Barry got thirteen nominations. I was gonna get. I think Barry. I love Barry. Right. Um, I, I was on Barry early. I watched Barry um, when you were going through it, actually. I think I had just finished it, yeah. so I was kind of like able to bounce off with you. I don't know how I got 13 nominations. I am a noted Bill Hader stan. I, I love <sighs> Bill Hader. I like all the stuff he does. I think the show's I really also... good. I don't think it's any better than like Bored to Death and like Hung, which mm. we were talking about. I think it fits in that weird mid-range, like, kind of dark... Com- like I don't, I'm not really quite sure I... why it's getting so many nominations. I don't understand that. All right, um... I'm going to say, I'm going to give mild spoilers for two minutes here. This isn't a real spoiler. It's a mild spoiler for the next two minutes. Um, At the end of episode one of Barry, he kills somebody. Yes. Right? And the camera flips to the inside of the car to reveal something. Yep. Okay? Very rarely when I'm watching television... Does something happen where I'm watching it by myself and I audibly go, oh no! There's nobody nobody in the room and I'm just like, oh no! Um, So The characters in that show are great too. So like the guy who leaves it behind is hilarious. He's hilarious. He would leave that behind. You know what I mean? I don't know if Bill Hader's done directing work before this, right? mm -hmm. And maybe he has. I'd have to look it up on the internet. It's a guy with Silicon Valley that like helps him with a lot of the stuff too so yeah. I think it's got a weird yeah. crossover there I yeah. think he the guy from Silicon Valley directs some of them too the problem with a show like Barry for something like HBO and we're back off spo- yeah. no more spoilers by the way is that it's very short mm-hmm. it was 22 minute episodes which is what I think yeah, is like good eight, about it 8 episodes 8 episodes yep. And people live in this world of content where it's like Netflix put out like seven new series yeah. this week, right? Yeah. It's it's the Catch-22, I guess, there. Where yeah. Barry does what um, this other shows yeah. of HBO we were talking yeah. about don't do well. Is they, they're quick on that. They're not leaving you hanging. They're getting through their episode and they're moving you to another. You can watch it all really quick, you know? Uh, I don't watch Crashing, so I'm not, <laughs> not going to talk about it. That's since 2017. Uh, I did watch Veep. When it was Veep. on in 2012, uh, I do think it's really funny. Of Veep, you got to watch Vice Principals. That is the you best like show H- HBO has is uh, that they've had in the last two years. That's yeah. better than uh, the Bill Hader show. Mm-hmm. Vice Principals is the you best show it. that yeah, they've yeah. had on HBO this this year, year and a half. So um, I'll end on this one for me at least. Uh, I've been I'm three episodes into the HBO show Succession, um, which is sort of about like the Rupert Murdoch, yep. sort of like Fox rich News family, Empire thing yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. It, I can't tell if it's a good show. It's Adam McKay, and he did the big short. He yep. does all the, you know, he did a lot of the Will Ferrell movies before he's seemingly taken. It's a weird, yeah. No, because like, there's, it's still, tr- it's still funny. Yeah. Right? But it's, it's just a drama. where he's gone from, 
those movies to these kind of like semi-important, still <laughs> funny situations. I guess if you like, watch, but if you watch the transition though from like the movie, go look at his directing yeah. thing, and you look at like the movies he did, and if you start to transition, like The Big Short is kind of similar in presentation mm-hmm. to the way this show is, right? That's it fair, takes yeah. very serious subject matter for all intents and purposes, yeah. and it's funnier than some actual comedies yeah. at certain points when it's not yeah, being dramatic. Yeah, because it's so cruel, it's funny. But right? it's also, there's a lot of that yeah, in there. It's like it's also, a misery comedy. It's also really hammy and yeah. really like, there's a lot of scenery being chewed. It's very, it's played very dramatically. Yeah. And it, and what's his face there, the old man? Brian Cox. Not, yeah, he's yeah. top notch, so he, you can't really... Also, not a mild spoiler, he gets like, I haven't seen past episode three, so I don't yeah. know what happens to him, but he gets like a like a stroke from yeah, the yeah, first yeah. episode he's and he's to, sort of coming back yeah, from yeah, it. yeah. Um, so it's kind of a downer in the first three episodes because he's so good in the first episode, and then he's kind of gone for two yeah. episodes. Like, where is I saw yeah. I saw the first episode where like all, and I haven't gotten all the way through it, so that's one that I got to get back on. And I think that's what's came up is that like if there's you a watch, couple of them out there. It's just like how do you rank what to get through the, the HBO list of what they're showing I'm, right now? I'm gonna try and get through the end of it. I think. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm gonna and try. I think I'll do the same with uh, Sharp Objects, mm. but I I don't mm. know if I'm gonna be able to make it. What about True Detective? Remember that? Yeah, first season. <laughs> Court, right? Is that Another, the big that's like the other season one? one the season it's Watch the World Before Watch. You know what? <laughs> such and a great first season, and then it just kind of got. Bleh. I always go back to Breaking Bad because Breaking Bad was the last show that I remember that me and my buddies Adam mm-hmm. and Eric and, and Dorothy and Dano and shout out to the old Brooklyn apartment. We would get together on Sunday night. And we would watch that show, whatever yep. night it was on. Same right? with Ferris and Sabrina Matt. We used to do that. One all of the last too. shows that I remember yep. doing it. And True Detective. That's true. Actually. True Detective for a while. Uh, with at least some of those that mm-hmm. crew was another appointment show at least for the first season but I do think that even at the end of the first season of Detective it had like a high point and then I feel right at the end they kind of shimmied and fell off the rail yeah, right at the end it was like weird subject matter that was just a show made really well kind of wrapped up too nicely for me I was really <laughs> like too, I wanted too much with a bow <laughs> one of them had to die yeah. I, do you know what I mean? That's not a the show's old. I'm, I don't care about yeah, yeah. it. The show is like five years old. Now. This is your um, fault. Yeah, yeah. This is your at some point in time. This is your fault, audience. We love you. Um, no, but like somebody yeah. should have died at the end. Yeah. Just I, I'm. It was too pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. That's ten minutes. Longer Especially than if you me. weren't bringing them back at all. What the hell do you care? Yeah, it's a new cast. Just, so yeah, <laughs> just blow them all away uh, for all I care. Justin, ten minutes longer than I said he would be. Parkinson for the third interview this week. I don't know why I did this to myself. Yeah, they get down. Donate to Handshake City. They're all the good stuff was in the mm-hmm. front half. I think. Yeah. HBO's riveting conversation, but go donate, come to the yeah. Get Down, it's a month away. It's going to be a really big deal. So. August 24th, 25th, really excited for it. I'm really proud of you guys, everything you've been doing. I'm sad that I missed the excavation this weekend. I'm oh, sorry. you'll be there for the container drop. I'm, I'm sure. ready. It'll I'm going to be there. It'll be pretty entertaining. All right. So, All right, uh, get out of here. I'll see you for Raw in like an hour. All right, and a half. sounds good. All right, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yep. right. Back to the show in just a moment. Fill in the gaps between the interviews. Me, very tight music cuts this week. Thank you to pull out, pull out some sort of deep track. Deep, yeah, some sort of deep, deep track. Or I'll just play some licensed music and hope nobody listens. Uh, Christina D'Amico, Mark Simon, Justin Parkinson. Thank you guys for coming in for all the 
cool stuff you guys are doing. It's nice to know so many people who are doing cool things. It's true. Uh, the opposite of that is the dumb people doing dumb things at Fox and Friends. Did you guys see what Which happened? One? Did you guys see that Fox and Friends got trolled really hard today by a Democrat, by a Democrat on the air? No. Okay, so earlier this morning, uh, people on Fox and Friends booked the wrong person. Uh, they were looking, um, they were looking to book Arizona's Ann Kilpatrick, uh, and they instead booked Massachusetts State Senator Barbara uh, Latalian. I think I said that correctly. So <laughs> Latalian just said, "All right." Before you guys say anything, I know that Trump watches this show, so I'm just going to talk directly to him. And then she said, uh, I feel that what's happening here at the border is wrong. I'm a mother of four, and I believe that separating kids from their parents is legal and inhumane. I'm actually Barbara Italian. I'm a state senator representing a large immigrant community and running for Congress in Massachusetts. And then they cut her off, and they are like, well, that didn't go very well. That was free airtime for that. Uh, I... So there's been like a lot of talk lately about like the Sasha Baron Cohen thing, and like a lot of people getting uh, angry about like getting duped by people. They feel like that that was what they claim that Fox and Friends like, oh, we got duped. It's like, well, you kind of duped yourself, yeah, you Playa. But no, yeah, you duped she didn't yourself. Herself on air. <laughs> do you, Do you find anything like? Is it does it bother you that it's come to like we have to like trick people to do things like this now? <laughs> not, no, I mean, it's just a funner way to show people's true colors. I guess, yeah, people, it seems to be, like, I hope this doesn't become a thing now, like, everyone's just getting duped the same way that, like, fake news was a thing, right? I hope it doesn't become do the mean? new, like, buzzword for everyone who does something stupid. I just can't imagine how people are getting fooled by him, though. That's a weird like, one. I'm looking at him going, if he, this guy was giving an interview, I'd be like, you look funny. Yeah, that's the one thing right. I did notice like, about that. <laughs> they're like, he's giving us lines to say, but you don't have to say A lot of people are dumb. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, oh, they gave me the line. Well, you make a choice of what line. I know. Like, just it just, like... The guy, the guy that was on this weekend, where like they had him like literally take off his pants. Yes, yes. and he was yelling around, <laughs> like fired. shouting, nah, yeah. "No, no, he get fired at all." No, he's oh. a he's a GOP lawmaker. No. Yeah, okay. They so got they asked him fired. no. They asked him to resign. He's like, "No, I'm oh, not yes. going to. I was tricked." But like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy that it. people don't. <laughs> it's crazy that people don't realize it, and you make your own mistakes. Like you, you know, you look at you were talking about somebody was on like whatever show and saying something. It's just crazy, like, people who are supposed to be professionals and professional organizations that you can get them. Like, you would think somebody would catch it. Because you'll see it in, like, a lower scale. You work at, like, a smaller company, smaller places. You're like, man, some of these people in charge are idiots and they just miss stuff. And it's crazy to think that goes on at the highest level with these people who are dealing with, like, millions of dollars and things. There's still just a lot of idiots who just miss stuff and aren't paying attention. Uh, this particular idiot was uh, Republican State Representative Jason Spencer of Georgia, in case you want to look that story up. Uh, I did watch the video this morning, and it's, uh, it's, it is it is weird. Like, at some point in time, like, I know they're not actors, but, like, you got to look at this and be like, I'm not going to say this, right? Like, yeah, you got to like, know better. I'm in. Uh, I guess you don't, apparently. Keep tricking them. <laughs> well, it's also, it's a confirmation bias when you watch something like that, too, because you figure if they've got three different people on an episode, right, they made a talk to 30 people. And you know what I mean? And, like, these are the three who went with it. So it's not like, oh, my God, look how many people are. That's still crazy to see, but you don't know how many people they went to who are like, ah, no, yeah. something's not right here. Uh, so let's move on to another one. This is, uh, do you guys know who James Gunn is? Yeah. James Gunn is the director of the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies, uh, and he was just recently fired uh, over tweets uh, from over a decade ago that were uh, offensive, uh, made comments about, like, rape and pedophilia. A lot of people are sort of, like, torn on this. Is there, like, a statute of limitations for things you've said in the past? Or, like, is everyone required to go back and, like, scrub all their social media? I think you have to go by, be careful what you write. You know, like, it's going to come back at you. Everything stays in writing. Right, so. but, when some, but when somebody does, I think, I see what you're trying to say in the sense that when somebody did something 10 years ago and there's nothing you can do and you expect that people have grown and learned and you look at where 
the time and the climate was different, you know, there does get to be a certain point where, you know, you can't go back through every single word in, yeah. in history when somebody goes back and it doesn't really excuse that thinking and you, you hope the person has grown in 10 years, you know, I think everybody grows over 10 years time, you know what I mean? You hope that that person's different, um, but it does get to a certain point where you have to question... I mean, I feel like if you're anybody like that, no matter what it is, there's no reason to hold on to Like, wipe all your Twitter. You never know what it's going to be. Just get yeah. rid of it. You know, be a better person. I, it's another one where, like, I can't believe people get uh, caught up in stuff. I can't believe people can be so dumb. I don't know. So a lot of the reason this is getting buzzed is the reason that it was even brought up in the first place is uh, James Gunn is an outspoken critic of the president. Uh, and a, a lot of the president's supporters were the people who really pushed for him to be fired. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of the anger came from, from a lot of these actors who were like, ah, this is bullshit. Like Michael Rooker from uh, Walking Dead fame and from you know Guardians of the Galaxy said he was leaving Twitter because of mm-hmm. it and all that kind of thing. Dave Bautista, who was on there, had like a big rant about it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's just a, it's a very tenuous time, it seems like, in like the media and trying to figure out, like, I don't know, it's just... Very strange. Who has the time? Who wants to sit there and go through look back for ten years of someone's tweets to I, find that? Like, like I did go back a couple years ago because I, I want to be a teacher and yeah. I have to look back through all my social media and be like, I have to take a lot of this stuff down. But is that like a just thing? delete it? Just delete the whole thing for right? what? Yeah. Why? What do you need it for? Really? Yeah. Like, what do you need to just to? I mean, go back and like, you know, just go back and look at something tweeted like three years ago. Ah. Yeah, that's true. But I'm not an actor. For someone like James Gunn, or for like one of these people who who a lot of the social even media, more so. Like, yeah, I'm saying even a guy simply like you. If you think there's a question, if you think yeah. maybe you are a younger, dumber person who was saying wilder shit at some point, yeah, to the point you have to go back and look. What are you even keeping it for? Yeah, it's a great. Point. You know what I mean? I think this like we've because we can. I think people are really into like this historical record keeping. Everybody hangs on to everything for like just delete it. Mm. You know what I mean? Get rid of it. Start fresh. Just social media is not that serious. You need to turn every single. You don't need to turn your whole life into a museum. Uh, speaking of things that belong in museums, what do you guys know about the mysterious giant two thousand year old black sarcophagus uh, that was opened in Egypt last week? Have you I, guys heard? Yes, about this? I was hoping something like would happen when they opened it, <laughs> and nothing. It was just. Yeah, it was a t- it was a little bit of an Al Capone's vault type situation. I was so excited. I'm like, what if something does happen magical? <laughs> yeah, there was no curse. Uh, well, they did find. Oh, who knows? It takes time to play out. Maybe <laughs> these people are cursed, and it's just beginning. Well, look around. Does this all seem right to you? But did you want to wait? Were you like waiting to hear? Like, well, get ready for this. It doesn't seem like it's over quite yet. Oh. Uh, this might be a joke, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, what they did find inside was three skeletons, most likely soldiers, from what the sign uh, from the archaeologists saying, decaying in a pool of dark red, murky sewage water. Uh, now, there is a change.org petition begging for humans to be allowed to drink the what? juice inside. What? <laughs> Do you guys, here's the petition. Uh, we need, we need to drink the red liquid from the cursed dark sarcophagus uh, in the form of some sort of carbonated energy drink. So we can assume its powers and finally die. I want to meet these people. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> I really want to meet uh, these Depressingly people. or hilariously, depending on <laughs> what you look at, uh, more than 3,400 people have signed on at the time of this writing. They're only looking for 5,000. So if you guys want to give them the Utica's bump, <laughs> head over to change.org and check out. And the... sign up to let the people carbonate the raw sewage blood Egyptian sarcophagus water. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Find that. <laughs> this is, I listen. I the internet's a strange, dark place. Um, He's got news alerts set for sarcophagus. I do. I have a sarcophagus. Anytime we do anything with sarcophagus, I've never heard that one. I should have put that in my doomsday report. Uh, I guess yes. uh, 
We have two actual doomsday report things that are sort of dark. Did you guys see the video that Russia released showing the potentially world-ending nuclear doomsday torpedo they developed that we can't stop? Yes, it's an underwater torpedo. There's a video on the internet of it. That it's going to be nauseous right now. It's going to be the end of us all. Right. Underwater mm. nuke on the or you think he's lying? You seem dubious. <laughs> you don't believe that he has the underwater nuke? <laughs> I don't see what's so wrong with this guy. He seems like a good guy. He likes me a lot. Also, here's a real dark story for you, though. Earlier this week, it's it went through the IRS that they're no longer required for nonprofit groups to disclose their donors. So now, like the NRA and organizations like that, can donate without having to make it public who they donate to. Another dark moment. Only 48 hours after the Bettina indictment. I can't believe it. Shocking. Shocking stuff. Um, yep. Doomsday Report. Real stuff this time. Bombs and the end of the world. Uh, Long-range digital torpedo. Long-range digital torpedo. I'll tell you what. We'll really be in trouble if they put some of that red sewage sarcophagus in water in the torpedo. Yeah. And then give it to the NRA. Start torpedoing yes. that. <laughs> uh, and then let's end on something Mummy lighter. Bullets. <laughs> and on something lighter, uh, Nickelodeon reviving Rugrats. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you guys were Rugrats fans growing no, up. They're bringing it back. Not, no. No fan? Not no, a fan? She was told. That's true. Uh, if you could revive a Nickelodeon show from the past, which one would you bring back, guys? Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm. Oh, yeah. Very good. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. The time is right for that, I think. Kids like scary stuff, I've noticed. Horror movies, things like that. Yeah, but I think kids have moved on to actual scary stuff. That's true. They're like, like, that's yeah. the problem. Those back. are like Goosebumps books. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Like, nothing was like, ooh, there's a ghost. Ghost, <laughs> yeah. Kids are watching, like, The Purge. <laughs> the Conjuring. <laughs> Insidious. They brought, about you? Nickel- they brought back Truth or Dare. Double Dare. Double Dare. Oh, yeah, they Double did bring Dare. back Double Dare. That was the show I loved watching. Uh, ooh, I didn't think about game shows. I was just going to say Pete and Pete, but I think Pete and oh, Pete's probably fine just Pete the way it is. It'd be hard yeah, to bring it back. No, you can't do it. Give me, um, give me Legends of the Hidden Temple. I like Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, Update that. Legends yeah. of the Hidden Temple, but for adults. For adults, yes. yes. Think about it. Everything that's sold in the world today is stuff when we were kids sold to us because none of us can grow up because like, the world's all damaged and horrifying. Now. It's what's true. So like this is what they're doing. They're Reverting just selling childhood. all the childhood projects and products and everything. So yeah, give me Legends of the Hidden Temple with like the Ninja Warrior folks in there. And make the, get those temple guards to be Ninja Warrior folks yes. as well. Have them parkouring around the Shrine of the Silver no, Monkey. I'll never be able to do that. I like the Silver Monkeys. No, but watch it. We want to watch it. The Blue Bear. You weren't Kudas. doing it when you were a kid either. And the Purple Monkeys. Those the what? Are my, those are the three teams I would have wanted to be on. There was the Blue Barracudas, the, the Monkeys. What was the one we just said? There's one you said just now before that. I don't know. The Silver Snakes was a good one too. I mm. like that one. Didn't one of our friends do that for Halloween one year? It's a good group Halloween costume, if you can find them, is the Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, I think somebody did back when it was, yeah. Yeah. Is Guts ever come back? They bring oh, Guts, Guts back? What about Carmen, where in the world's Carmen Sandiego? Was that Nickelodeon? I feel like that did no, come back not. a couple times. it was PBS. Times. That was a good one, though, because they had that acapella group that just showed up out of nowhere to go. sing for half the episode. Exactly. See? All right. Uh, thanks again, folks, for sitting through our weird, disjointed three-interview uh, three episode. Uh, follow Heather on Twitter. Heather Waz one. Follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF Doom or don't just follow Uticast. Uh, Uticast.com for all current back episodes made in Utica.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, number one podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcast taking over the web. Keep it tight, folks. Woodstock lives. Sayonara, humanoids. It's very, very hot and lovely. Bye bye. <laughs>